Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Ken Keyes. You know, each week we try to give you some information that will help transform your life or help you or assist you or assist your clients, people that you know. And this week, hopefully we can do the same thing with and for you. You know, today I want to talk about why don't you teach the way that I learn? You know, we've have many individuals out there who don't believe in such a thing as learning style or instructional style and that it makes any kind of difference. However, I'd like to cite different research that would contravene or push back on that. You know, when we want to learn in life, why wouldn't we want to have a learning environment that serves us, that supports us, that is something that is easier for us to learn about or learn from? And so let's just take some time today and say, you know what? Uh, learning shouldn't be that difficult for us if we are learning in a way that serves us as well as we're learning topics in information that we are interested in. You know, I remember growing up in high school, I uh, pretty near failed high school, barely got through high school. My grade nine English teacher said that I would not amount to much because I couldn't read or write. It wasn't until we got to when I was doing my master's degree that we figured out that uh, I had some dyslexia. So there was this great invention and that invention was called uh, Microsoft Word where all of a sudden I had a little red line underlining the word to say, oh, by the way, that is spelt incorrectly. And so from there, I was able to now type. I've written almost four or authored almost four million words of content. Who would have thought that was even possible for somebody who barely passed his English class in high school in my grade nine teacher saying that I would not amount to anything because I couldn't read or write. Now, back then, we didn't really have a lot of feedback as far as learning disabilities or learning conditions. And that's really not what I'm going to talk about here today, but only to say that a lot of us, including yourself or maybe even your own kids, where learning has been uh, not a joy for them. And so we're made to feel inferior. We're made to feel like we're stupid. And that is not really the case at all. We just need to find the learning style that works for us. You know, in one of my books, I quote a study by Michael Strom. And they said, you know, they were looking at an educational system and they adjusted the learning style or the instructional style of the teachers to better fit the learning style of the students. Oh, heaven forbid that I would actually be accountable as an instructor for the learning or the success of my students, but that's another story. Anyways, what occurred in the study is, is that uh, the re results or the improvement was nearly 85% improvement plus nearly the same percentage improvement in terms of resilience and sticking to a course. So once I understand how I take information in, once I am clear about that, then I can better script 
prescribe, choose, select a learning environment that better serves me. You know, when I was uh, deciding what am I going to do as far as my master's degree and then ultimately my uh, doctorate degree is in my master's degree, it was an executive MBA where I went on the weekends to uh, courses with other adults. And then I had to write papers for the next four weeks between the next class and did that for a couple of years. And it was interesting, my university who was here in Vancouver, BC, Canada, uh, there were other traditional universities at that time trying to shut the university down because an MBA doesn't happen on weekends according to the traditional universities it happens on tuesday and thursday night from seven to nine How, what a ridiculous concept so one of the things that occurred and most now that's history i mean this is nearly 20 years ago is we think about what was one of the number one uh, offers in north america that really uh, shifted uh, to a new blended learning style, and that was Phoenix University. All of a sudden they understood, you know, adults don't need to be sitting in those classes. What about those of us that are independent learners? And I'm gonna take a moment here and outline four different learning styles that we have at CRG in our model, which is different than what other people teach, at least in uh, what I've observed at this point. And it also helps us to frame out that we are blends of these different learning styles in that we can be intentional with the learning environment that we have. Also, is that you know sometimes when we have information that we need to learn, it's not in our preferred learning style, and part of this is for us to have patience or to have uh, flexibility in taking information in when it doesn't perfectly serve us. So, you know, life isn't perfect. There are times when I need to learn something that it is in a mode that doesn't serve me. So interesting though, after I finished high school where I nearly failed, when I went to college, my first couple of years, I finished with a uh, second class honors. Then my master's degree was first class honors. And then in my doctorate degree, it was a perfect 4.0. And I said, well, what happened there? What was going on? And is that I moved towards not only the method, but the content of the learning was more attuned to what my interests were. So as I matured in life, as I grew up in life, as I got clear about what my passions were, I decided and I determined the learning that I wanted and the mode that I was going to learn it in. My doctorate degree was project-based, so I got to write a dissertation or a book on a topic that was important to me. It wasn't something that was prescribed, something that was forced upon me to say that this is a required course, even though I have no interest in it. Well, that is why that my grades were better, is because I was writing about, sharing, um, documenting information that was important to me. So the same thing for you, a lot of times uh, individuals, maybe yourself or maybe people around you where they beat themselves up and say, you know what, I'm just not a very good learner. When really in fact, it's the learning environment and also as well as the learning style. So in CRG, we have four different learning styles. In uh, many times, most of you are familiar with NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which has three different learning styles. They'll talk about the uh, auditory, they'll talk about the kinesthetic, they'll talk about the visual. But in CRG, we actually have four 
learning styles. And that fourth learning style is omitted by most of the other models and is a very, very important piece because it, as for adults for sure, it applies to us. So let's just go through what those four learning styles are. All of us are blends of these four at different intensities and it helps to kind of determine where we're going. Now, uh, many times, uh, or some of you have taken our personal style indicator or our personality assessment. Well, that personality assessment, the learning style is built out of it. However, in learning styles, we have found that learning style can actually be situational, meaning it's not something that's fixed throughout your lifetime, that conditions change, dynamics change. So an example is we had a staff member at our company and she was a single mom three teenagers that she was raising she was working full-time and she was also attending university finishing her degree so is it possible that uh her learning style was dictated by the environment or her conditions in life absolutely and so what our number one or not our number one but the first learning style that we talk about is uh independent learning style. Now, very few other people talk about that. The independent learner really wants to take learning when they can, how they can, with really not a lot of interaction with others. So why is it that Phoenix Learning did, uh, University did well? Is because the independent learner then also got an opportunity to take the learning when and how they wanted to do it. Now, with my master's degree, I had to go to class on Saturdays and Sundays from uh, eight in the morning till 6 p.m. But then I could do my papers in the time that worked for me. I also could, uh, with a certain uh, flexibility, write on topics that were important to me. So example is when I was doing the my papers on IT, is that I was able to write on uh, CRG and what was our IT plan, what was our network plan, what was our CRM plan, what was our relational database plan, and how would I map that out? I was also doing our accounting papers. And so what was the contribution margin of our own products? So I got the, the paper, the, the focus was predetermined, but the content was driven by me, the student. And so the independent learner, by the way, doesn't like to do a lot of group activities because what happens if I get partnered with a learner who is not as passionate or not as disciplined or maybe not even as sharp, sorry for the judgmental tone, but not as sharp as me. And so all of a sudden I'm frustrated by the pace. I'm frustrated by having to do this with other people. This is not again about being self-centered, it's just knowing that that is the learning environment that serves you best. The other thing about independent learners is that they don't like uh, professors that are too slow, that drag it out, that don't really uh, have focus in their teaching or an instructor that really doesn't have confidence because they wanna learn from somebody who is confident about their subject matter. You know, the next learning style that we can look at is what we call the auditory learner. Many of you are familiar with that. In, uh, this is an individual who learns through their ear gate. Now they like uh, group discussions, they like um, uh, be able to have auditory sort of input, be able to hear stories, as well as hear from others and be able to say, uh, share uh, different information, as well as this is linked to our interpersonal harmony, personal style indicator. In these individuals, if they're in a group environment, they don't like 
uh, professors who are mean or critical or abusive or judgmental. They want to have a safe, uh, supportive learning environment. And so a lot of times, if a professor is aggressive, a professor is direct, they will shut down the learner. And a lot of times when uh, when we think about learning, it really is the responsibility to some degree that the instructor serve the different learning styles as best as they can. I remember we had a, a professor from a local university take our instructional style indicator and he said, you know, thank you very much. You gave me an in-depth report about how I tend to teach and the fact that a high percentage of my student body were not connecting with me. I immediately communicated that to them in my lectures and the engagement from my students, the success rate of my students significantly improved as soon as he took responsibility uh, for his teaching style or his instructional style. So keep that in mind as part of, so the auditory learner really also wants to have that friendly. They will work in groups, they will work in groups that are friendly as well as sort of that auditory. For me, you know, even though I have an independent learning style, I also have an auditory learning style. So I will use my iPhone to listen to podcasts like this one uh, nearly on a daily basis. And so I can get that information. I can, I combine my independent learning with my auditory learning. So let's say I'm driving. So I'll put a headset in still to be legal and not to be uh, driving a distracted driver and get the information that I uh, need and want while I'm driving. I can, I'm dual purposing. I'm independently taking information in on topics that are important to me from instructors that I appreciate their teaching style. You know, the next uh, learning uh, style is what we call the visual learner or cognitive analysis is what uh, sometimes other people will call it. So the visual learner, they're the individuals that need to take it through their eye gate. I need to see it to understand it. Uh, they also need structure. They also need sequence. So if I am an instructor who is chaotic, who doesn't bring um, organization to my information that I'm imparting, then these students will disconnect from you. So they also like multiple choice. You also uh, like the ability to have it all organized, that you don't want to get off track, that you don't want to waste time either, but waste time in terms of frivolous stuff. They also want to be marked fairly, meaning let's say you do a hundred papers and you get an, or a hundred pages to a report or to a paper and you get an A plus, and then somebody else does 10, and they get an A, then you're gonna kind of feel put out that you did all this extra work for really not much more benefit. So a lot of cases is you wanna be organized, put together, and so in some cases I need to see it together to get it. So if I, these are individuals that need to read it. So you could read it in a digital format, you could read it in a printed format, uh, just hearing it is not enough for certain individuals by um, looking at it, seeing graphs, seeing charts, seeing images, all of those uh, combined to really have success for this learning style. And then finally, the uh, last learning style is the what we call the experiential. You know, this is an individual that needs to do it to get it. Now, there's a certain amount of uh of uh, consideration or truth where all of us eventually need to do it to get it. So, however, uh, given the example, let's say golfing, is that there are some individuals where uh, 
They don't even want to read the manual. They don't want to watch the videos. They just want to pick up the club and start swinging. And then they are given instructions uh, by whoever the golf pro is on how to improve their swing. There'll be other individuals who will watch videos, who will read books. Uh, experiential learner, for the most part, won't. <laughs> I just need to do it to get it. You know, many, many years ago, I had a chance to do speaking for Robert Allen and Mark Victor Hansen. And they wrote the book, uh, One Minute Millionaire. And I was, I was taking Robert to uh, the airport after an event. And interesting, after this, you know, Ken, I never read a book about how to operate new software. Let's say it's Excel or Word or PowerPoint or whatever that software is. He said, I'd rather hire somebody, have them come in to show me how to do it, get me to do it right there, right now, without ever trying to study it. Now, there are other individuals, that's not how you learn. And Robert says, that's the best and the fastest way. It's way better for me to pay somebody to show me how to do it, how this... Um, uh, software unfolds than trying to read something about it. Now we see that online right now. <clears throat> the stats are depending on when you listen to this podcast is that Facebook now one of their number one elements is that people watch video. But one of the other things that occurs is that a very high percentage of individuals never click on the video. They watch the video and then they'll read the subtext. So videos that have a subtext will be engaged by the learners. So they'll want to see the video, but they also read that because they maybe they're in a public place. They don't want to um, uh, click on that so that the sound comes into that public place. But I can see the video, so I have this visual element, and then I'm going to read the subtext to, to hear what the narrator or the individual is saying. So all, things are constantly changing for us as far as learning. You know, when we think about success in education, you know, think about K-12 schools or universities and think about experiential learner, independent learner, visual learner, or auditory learner. You know, which learning styles are best served by these institutions? And for the most part, there are some exceptions, but for the most part, it's the auditory and the visual learner. But one of the things that links into here, there's another component, and this links back to the PSI model where we include introversion and extroversion as part of it. And in our definition of introversion and extroversion has nothing to do with people. It has to do with their orientation towards the environment. And an extrovert, which is the independent learner and the uh, experiential learner, they don't have sitability. Now, what does sitability mean? That means is that their body uh, doesn't like to sit still, doesn't like to be compliant, needs to move to learn, needs to um, get up, uh, sit down, move around, interact with the environment. So the auditory and the visual learners, which are interpersonal harmony and cognitive analysis, have sitability. So that means they can sit down in a seat, they can sit down in that school desk, not have to move. Their body doesn't tell them to move. Yet, if I have these independent learners and experiential learners, they will crawl out of the skins if out of their skin if they have this compliance where they can't 
move. And so why was I always in the principal's office in grade six and grade seven? Because I wanted to get up and move because I sitting in a desk, not moving for an entire hour is contrary to my learning style. It's not that I was trying to be disruptive. It's just that the environment in education doesn't honor these learning styles. The other one is, is that I need to do it to get it. I need to uh, go in my own pace. A lot of times what happens with kids that are acting out in school, in university, it's true too, is the independent learner has got it. They're bored. They, they can't even stand listening for another moment because you're covering it for the fourth time. Stop doing that. Stop uh, covering it again. I already got it the first time. And so when, so your frustration as a learner, if you're an independent learner, it's legitimate, it's real. So one of the things when I was a school board chair, one of the philosophies that we brought into the school system that I was chair of is that can we look at the accountability to the teachers is around student success, not how good and how knowledgeable you are. I mean, how many of you have attended university and had a boring, boring professor? You know, knowledge does not mean that learning's going to care. I appreciate the fact that you're very knowledgeable, that you're a professor, but the word tenure should have never been in, invented. Tenure means that I'm not accountable for learning. Tenure means that I'm knowledgeable, but I'm not necessarily imparting the knowledge to my students in a way that I, they can consume it or the way that best serves them. So we should have accountability for success and say, well, you know, three quarters of my class have failed my uh, um, my, my class information, sorry for the stuttering there. And, uh, you know what that really reflects a poor instructor, not a poor class. If three quarters are failing, that really speaks to the instructor that they're not able to impart this knowledge. I mean, are we saying three quarters of those students really don't get it? That they're stupid. I mean, we really should be backing off from that. So my encouragement as we wrap up this podcast is, and this is where my, uh, my wife, Brenda, works at a university as an academic coach. She takes all her students through the study skills class, through the learning style indicator to help them understand what their learning, preferred learning style is. And then from there, they put study strategies together that best work with them. You know, one of the uh, elements is that uh, Tim, who my son, who is filming this, as well as recording this for our podcast, is uh, we figured out early on when he was doing his pilot's license, he liked to study with other people. So if we were doing a multiple choice test, we would actually be in the room with them, read the question, and then read the four choices. And then he would select it when he had practice tests. There are other individuals like my daughter who really could care less that we'd be around, would rather just study personally without anybody interrupting them. And there wasn't a right or a wrong, there was just a difference. So what Brenda helps the students to do is, you know, realize and recognize that everybody has a different learning style. The other thing is if you're listening to this and you're imparting knowledge as a parent, as an individual, as a manager towards employees, is can we take in consideration your instructional style and how you might adjust it or how you might um, diversify to be able to reach and help other people learn better? The other thing for ourselves is can I take 
responsibility for my learning style. I encourage you, I mean, if you haven't already, is that you can go online, you can take our learning style indicator, help understand your learning preferences. If you're an instructor of any sort, teaching others, that you can take the instructional style indicator and understand how do you like to impart knowledge. And then one of the things in the back of the report are what are the strategies and steps to be able to prefer or to serve other styles that are not really linked to your instructional style. So what learning uh, style needs are from the other individuals who are different than you. You know, not right, not wrong. We're not trying to judge you as a poor instructor. It's just that maybe we don't have the knowledge of um, being able to be intentional with our learning and instructional style uh, at the way that we could. And that's what the purpose of this podcast. You know, I thank you everybody for listening. You know, I just encourage again that you would just pay attention. What environments do you learn best in? What, maybe it's just a podcast like this. Maybe it's just watching a video, whatever it is. And then start structuring your learning in a way that best serves you. And then if you're imparting knowledge to others, can you adjust it to better increase the success level of the students or individuals, whoever it is that you are uh, serving? You know, uh, as part of the Secrets of Success podcast, we really appreciate if you can pass this on, share it, you know, tell other people about it. And then if you have questions uh, that you wanna follow up, then please feel free to email us, please feel free to you know send questions, or maybe there's some ideas that you have about future podcasts that we might be able to address and cover some content, as well as maybe some special guests because we always like to interview great uh, individuals and other successful individuals or stories that will inspire you and help you. You know, I thank you for listening to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host. Dr. Ken Keyes. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.